Welcome to the Adventures in Ranching podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Waldo. In this podcast, I'm sharing my family's experiences of moving to a ranch in Montana. Well, I don't know that I would call it a ranch. It's something that my mother-in-law calls it, but it's about five acres and it's the most property that we've ever had. And we seem to be well on our way to having a bit of a ranch or ranchette and who knows where it will go. But what I found is that this journey has called to me. And in this podcast, I share the adventures that we go through of not knowing how to do any of this, not knowing anything about living on more than a small piece of property in more of an urban area or even in a small town or a suburban area. And what we have learned and what we're learning as we go along. My intention with this podcast is for those that are looking for a little entertainment in their day as we go through our adventures, or maybe you're longing to move to your ranch or your ranchette or your homestead or farmette or whatever you want to call a small piece of your own land that allows you to connect maybe with nature, with animals, with more self-sustainability, whatever your purpose is. My goal with this podcast is to share my journey and to inspire you, perhaps entertain you, and perhaps help you explore whether that's something that's right for you as well. So tune in as we embark on our adventure in ranching. Welcome back to the Adventures in Ranching podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the great horse escapes and more. So, I was not planning to record today. Um, but then again, I wasn't planning to do what I ended up just doing. So I decided that I would record, um, and tell you a little bit about how my day has gone so far. So I woke up this morning and it is beautiful in Montana today. Um, We had a very sunny day yesterday. I think it was yesterday, but it was also windy and the wind kind of got in your bones. And even though it was the temperature was high, it felt cold and um, brisk and uh, things were kind of blowing around. But today... Today, I woke up and it was just so calm and sunny and beautiful. And we've got a lot of the fields around us are starting to turn green. Um, In particular, our neighbor's areas seem to be a lot greener than ours because we're still learning how to do things related to our grass and our pasture and all that. Um, but you see this beautiful, these beautiful fields of green, and then we still have the mountains that have snow on them around us. So to me, I love when you see the snow-capped mountains in the distance, and yet you're not in the snow. I mean, I love the snow too, but you know, we had a lot of snow, um, this year, or at least a long season of snow. So it's nice to, you know, be able to go out into the ground and not walk in the snow and yet see it on the mountaintops all around us. It's just so pretty. So this morning, my husband says to me, I'm going to be doing this online test for some additional education he's doing. And He's like, I need to not be disturbed for like three hours. I'm like, okay, no problem. I don't have anything scheduled. Um, We were going to plant the seed, um, put the seed down on our pasture 
later on um, because yesterday it was too windy. But I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, no problem. So he goes off to do that. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go feed the horses. Well, I got caught up in um, some other things because, (laughs) uh, yeah, getting a second horse wasn't enough. No, no, no. Um, Did I talk about how many animals we have other than horses? Uh, Yeah. So we have, we have, well, we had one dog and we had six, no, we had seven cats um, when we moved to this house. One dog, seven cats. And then we got a horse and then we get a second horse. And then, as I've mentioned, sadly, our second horse had to be put down, which was heartbreaking. Um, But I recently got another second horse. And so now, you know, two horses, one dog, seven cats, one of our beloved cats that was part of a litter that we call ourselves failed foster people. Because we, when I was pregnant, or before I was pregnant with my oldest son, um, we'd been trying to have a baby. And we'd not, it had not been going so well. So I kind of needed a distraction. We were living in Philadelphia at the time. And um, I saw this sign that said, you can foster a litter of kittens if you have an extra bathroom. And we had lived in this house in Philadelphia that was a real kind of fixer upper. And it had three and a half bathrooms. Um, it was a half a double, so it was like kind of narrow, but really tall. And it had these extra bathrooms that my husband and I didn't really need. And so I was like, yay, let's foster a litter of kittens. And so we got a litter of four kittens that were two and a half weeks old. And, um, we ended up thinking we were going to maybe keep one or two because we already had two cats. Um, two adult cats and we had two dogs so we're like okay this is maybe we'll take one kitten but you can't just take one kitten it was like we got to take two kittens Um, and then it was like well we can't separate them so then we're like okay we kind of have to take three kittens and really we kept all of them so said kittens um, are now I think they're turning 16 this year um and one of them, sadly, we lost, uh, I think it was in December, December, last December or be, or January. So a few months ago, um, she had cancer and she was just not doing well and we had to put her down. And it was very sad because we called her our au pair cat because she pretty much raised my boys, um, my oldest son in particular. She was really attached to him. Which leads us to how we have these other animals now. So, um, so we sadly had to put her down, um, say goodbye. And, uh, she was such a beloved cat. And so then we were down to six cats. Um, and (laughs) how did we get six cats? Oh my goodness. Um, so... When we lived in Pennsylvania, we had the two old cats, and then we adopted the litter of four kittens that we were failed foster people for. We had six. And then those two older cats died many years ago um, of old age and um, into their high teens. And then, um, so then we just had the four kittens. Um, But then the kittens weren't kittens anymore. And we always knew we were going to have four senior cats at some point. And I was really worried because my kids were really attached and we were all really attached to these cats. Um, And so a few years ago, I was like, we should get a couple kittens just so that we are not having four senior cats all get sick, you know, possibly at the same time. And um, it ended up that we switched our cats to a raw um, diet. And when we did that, everybody kind of took a a turn for the better and everybody's been doing really well. So we had adopted not two, but three kittens, um, a few years ago. 
So that meant we had seven. And um, and uh, only one of them has since passed. So we've got six cats now. Six cats. And we had one dog. And we had one horse. And then we had two horses. And then back to one. And now back to two. But it does not stop there. Because my kids have been bugging me to get a second dog for our first dog. Um, because we've always had two dogs. Um except for that this dog has been an only dog for a long time because I barely got this dog. My husband was like, I want nothing to do with having any more dogs. If you get this dog, it's going to be on you. And I was like, okay. So the dog we have, the adult dog, he's an Aussie, Australian Shepherd. He's my dog and he knows it. He doesn't even listen to what my husband says. Um, I mean, he will in a pinch, but in general, he's my dog and he listens to me. But my kids have been bugging me. Oh, we need a second dog. We need a second dog. And my youngest son wanted an animal too. And then I, I, I don't know what happened to me, but like a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I don't know how long ago, I saw these mice in a pet store and um, I decided I had to have a pet mouse for the first time in my life. And apparently you can't just get one. So I got two. So I got two pet mice, um, even though I'm sure we have an abundance of wild mice living out in our hay and in our, you know, shelters. Um, But I got two pet mice for myself. But then that opened the floodgates because then I realized my son, my youngest son, had been asking for an animal. And we got him a bearded dragon. And then my oldest son had been asking me about a puppy and wanting a second dog. And so then we ended up getting a puppy, a nine-week-old half-German shepherd, half-Australian shepherd puppy um, who has been growing like weeds and um, actually if you ever hear any whining in the background it may be from the puppy which I'm trying to edit out all the sounds but you can't really you know tell when she's gonna start yipping and she's very sweet she's very very smart Um, but when she cries for my son, it sounds like a pack of coyotes in our house. (laughs) So, um, it sounds like we have a pack of coyotes in our house, which we don't. We just have one puppy that, um, makes what sounds like a pack of coyotes sound when my son is not in the room with her because she is so attached to him. She's basically his, his dog and I'm kind of overseeing it. So this morning... I ended up doing some stuff related to um, not my son's dog, because I've been helping a lot with that, but my other son with his bearded dragon. So I kind of got a late start out feeding my horses. Um, So I go out and I'm like, okay, it seems warm out today, but I'm just going to throw on my warm boots and a coat and run out and give them their food and their hay and then I'll go back out and give them some more hay um, after I've had a chance to to eat because all I had was a cup of tea and my blood sugar was feeling kind of low but normally it just takes a couple minutes to run out there toss them their um, grain and uh, give them a little bit of hay uh, like a higher quality hay to eat at first and then I give them more later. So I'm getting the hay and there are no horses anywhere nearby, but that doesn't surprise me. They hang out at the other end of the pasture, but I come out of the garage where we store our hay and suddenly my, my horse, my big horse is there and his name is Nilo. I don't think I've said his name before. So Nilo's standing there, all 17 hands of him. And sometimes I call him the dragon um, because he's the off track thoroughbred and he is very vocal. So the moment he sees me coming out of the garage, he knows that he knows that I've got grain and I've got hay. So he starts snorting and snorting and making his thoroughbred dragon dragon sounds. And I'm like, okay, buddy, here we go. Um, No sign of the other horse, but that's okay. Because dragon, um, 
aka Nilo or Nilo aka Dragon has seemed to be come he's definitely the leader um he's definitely the leader and when I feed him I separate him so that he does not try to eat the other horse the other horse's food the new second horse so I bring Nilo into his area and he's doing his dragon snorts and I give him his food and I close the gate and still no sign of the second horse. Now the second horse he came to us and his name was Duke but I had a calling from the very beginning um, to call him something different which I don't normally do but I don't know. I his previous owner said that he didn't really respond to the name Duke anyway. He had a different name before that. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to call him what I feel called to call him. And I had been really getting signs to call him Raven. So, um, and, and he's dark. He's like, a. I thought he was almost like a black, but as the sun is coming out and his coat is shedding, he really is like a dark, 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 dark bay. And it's funny because I said to my husband, oh my gosh, we have so many black brown animals. Because remember I talked about how we have six cats? Well, three of those cats are solid black brown. They're like that black that is black but has kind of brown undertones. So we have three cats, long-haired black brown cats. And now... um, a second horse that's also black brown, also known in the horse world as a dark bay. And um, I don't think he has any, yeah, he doesn't have any white markings on him at all. He's just solid. And, um, and so his name is Raven now. And he's, I think he likes that name. Anyway, no sign of Raven, but Raven, he's an older guy and he likes his he likes his independence. So he likes to hang out with my young guy, Nilo, aka Dragon, also known sometimes as Mr. Pickle or Dragon Beth or Snorty Snort. Um, <laughs> because we call him all of those things, um, depending upon his little seven-year-old personality. He just turned seven uh, a month or so ago. So He's young and and full of himself and uh, and big and uh, alternates in his personality between sometimes acting like he's just a little innocent baby and other times acting like he's, you know, just a devilish little Tasmanian devil and alternating with just being like a puppy dog so he's got all of those personalities in him um so he also could be sweet boy call him my sweet boy so um sweet boy aka dragon breath snorty mcsnort um mr pickle is there and raven um the new horse is nowhere to be seen but as i said he often kind of likes to do his own thing and and comes in later. Um, so I thought, well, he'll just come in when he sees that I'm feeding. And I, I go through the pasture and I kind of see him down at the end. So I'm like, oh, he's just, he's just taking a little break from Mr. Snorty McSnort, um, Nilo. And, uh, and so I'm like, he'll come in in a second. Well, he doesn't come in. And I'm like, huh, okay, I'll go call him. Um, because I've noticed lately at night, this is one of the beautiful things about having horses on your own property. You get to kind of really observe their patterns in ways that I never did when I when I boarded them. You know, I get to really see what they do and how they do it and, and connect with them in different ways other than just, you know, while riding or at the barn um, during the day or whatever, you know, I get to see what they do at night and I get to see what they do in the dark and I get to see what they do in the middle, you know, the early morning and, and, and all of that, um, which is super cool. So it doesn't surprise me that he's not there, but 
at this point, I'm like, okay, he normally comes in to eat. He likes his food. He likes his grains. So I'm like, okay, I'll just walk down and, and, and then he'll follow me back in. So I walk down and I see him kind of cantering around. I also saw in the other pasture, it turns out there were like eight deer. And um, so I immediately have to call my dog to me because I don't want him chasing the deer. Um, and and so I call my dog to me and the deer go, can't, you know, go gallivanting off. They're white tailed deer. So you get to see their little white tail flip up and it's so cool. It looks like a little flag in the breeze and off go these little white tail are bigger. Actually, they're getting bigger. Um white-tailed deer and so I don't know if the deer spooked raven or what happened but I'm walking down the driveway and the next thing you know I see a black brown horse trotting across the driveway towards the other pasture and towards the road now we do not live right next to the road it's um you have to go through several properties to get to the road and the road isn't like a busy road but there are cars on it and people drive pretty fast here in montana on back roads so the moment i see this black brown horse and i'm like that's my black brown horse (laughs) that's raven oh my god my heart just starts beating and it's just like dread comes over me and immediately I'm like oh my gosh of all the days to like not have a lead rope with me and to have thrown on these big heavy boots because it's actually warm out today and I've got like this fleece on and 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 um my husband's doing this this test and I'm not supposed to interrupt him like is this is this an emergency does this constitute an emergency yes this constitutes an emergency yes so I'm like fishing in my pocket calling my husband I'm like Raven's out help and so he like stops his test which is like timed and um and and I'm like trying to figure out where the horse has gone and it looks like he's gone on into the woods on our neighbor's property this like other neighbor and closer to the road and I'm just freaking out but I know I have nothing to catch him with um and he doesn't have a halter on because we don't keep our halters on when the horses are outside in case they get caught on something um and we've never you know had anything like this happen so I'm I'm like racing back I also don't want my dog to chase him because he chases the deer and if a horse is running he might chase this horse because he's not used to this horse and this horse isn't used to him so much so I see my husband come running out and I'm like get the dog back in so he he comes out with my son and um one of them puts the dog back in, thank goodness. And I'm I'm cursing myself for wearing these heavy muck boots. The heavy muck boots that I have loved all winter because it was when it was like 10 degrees, I was still warm. When it was like, you know, five degrees, I was still still warm. When it was minus 29 degrees, I was still warm, but it's 50 degrees today and it's sunny and there's no wind. And now I've got a loose horse and I've got these high boots that go up to my knee and I've got to like run and these boots are heavy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to like get this horse. So I yelled at my husband, grab the halters. And I think maybe I grabbed some halters because I think he grabbed something else. So I grab a bunch of halters. I'm I'm divvying them up between my son, my husband, myself. I'm lamenting the fact that I have no grain to kind of shake because the grain that I had that I had put out was... um. I had soaked it so it doesn't make a sound and I'm like oh my gosh how am I going to get this horse in and and then I look over and I see black brown horse now running back across the driveway towards our pasture where he had come from and then I look and I'm like 
he got back in. And I'm yelling to my husband, it's okay. Somehow he's back in. I'll go get him. But then I realize he's actually not back in. There's a section that we carved out of our pasture that is going to be a garden when my husband has time to work on the garden, which he has not had time to work on the garden. But we fenced this section out and it's kind of like a little u-shape in which the fencing goes in and so the horse ran outside the pasture outside the fence and into the garden area and I run up in you know my heavy muck boots and I'm yelling to my husband I see him he's he's okay and luckily he's he's trying to get into the pasture um you know, and I wasn't sure how he got out of the pasture. So I wasn't sure if he was going to try to jump something. Um, but I'm like, okay, at least I can get there. Um, and I can hear dragon breath, my um, snorty McSnort seven-year-old off-track thoroughbred far behind me at the end, who's caught wind that there's something that has happened and that his new buddy is somehow gone and escaped. So he is in his section, like puffing out like a crazy dragon. I can see him running all in his little area where he had been um, getting his food and he's running all around and all excited. And, and, and I'm like, hoping he doesn't jump his fence um our fences by the way (laughs) fences I have to do this little segue so in Montana when I talk to everybody about fences they're like yeah you know four and a half should be fine I'm like yeah I've got a tall thoroughbred I think I'm gonna go with five feet and everybody would look at me like I'm crazy but I'm like I've got a 17 hand thoroughbred. I think we're going to do five feet. So we did five feet fences. And I will tell you, I am so grateful so many times that we've done five foot fences because when you see your secretariat, great, great grandson running full speed, uh, towards your five foot fence, you at least realize there's a good chance that it's probably going to (laughs) stop. And so um, here he is running all around because he's excited because Raven has gotten out. And luckily, he's not looking like he's going to try to jump his fence and get out um, because I have five foot fences and a five foot kind of corral for where he eats um, in the morning and in the evening when we separate him. So I managed to go back, um, take my attention back to Raven and um, he's a very sweet guy and he lets me, you know, catch him really easily with, with no food, no food, no, no grain, nothing. Um, and I get the halter on him and then I walk him through the garden and around the outside and up the driveway, but he's all amped up and all excited about his adventure and um and then i meet my husband on the way and i'm like sorry you know um sorry i interrupted your your practice exam he was like taking this timed practice exam i'm like i've got him if you want to just go back in i'll i'll um i'll hold him on a halter and let him eat and then i'll turn the two of them into the other pasture and then later on we can go out and find out where the where the fence is an issue in the pasture where Raven got out. So, um, so that's what I do. I go back and, um, I keep Raven on his halter and his lead rope and, you know, I let him eat and snorty McSnort, his friend Nilo calms down when he sees that Raven is okay and he hasn't lost his second buddy. Um, and Raven's happy to be back in his area. Um, I guess the, you know, I, I guess we're a good enough host for him that he wanted to come back. He wasn't heading for the hills to become a wild Mustang up in the mountains of Montana or towards the road or heading for other, you know, pastures, so to speak. He came back to us. Um, so, you know, I feel like my heart is starting to beat more slowly and start to regulate. And I'm holding uh, Raven in his, um, with his halter on and a lead rope, letting him eat and watching him eat his hay and 
kind of letting my heart normalize. And, you know, I, it's funny because I just thought, wow, this is not what I expected. You know, of course, there's so many times when I make sure that I'm so prepared when I leave the house, you know, like, oh, a horse might have gotten here, there and anywhere. So I make sure I have like lead ropes and halters and, you know, treat things and all that. But it's, it's the moments when you think, oh, I'm just going to run out and do this one thing that you end up having to race through your pasture and try to get an escaped horse while you've got, you know, your minus 39 degree winter boots on that are like super heavy and you're running in the hot beating sun, um, to, to chase a horse. It's just Murphy's law, isn't it? That's just kind of the way it works. But as I was standing there and I was holding him, um, it's funny because I had a moment of, of really getting to watch him and how he he eats his hay um, because I've watched him and Nilo in the pasture but I've never stood like right right when he eats his meal and watched him like I was today and um, he loves to we put his hay in like a in like a tub um, and he loves to take it all out and I've been noticing about that about him. He pulls it all out. And I'm always like, why is he pulling it all out? Well, today I was noticing, of course, he's pulling it all out. He, he pushes it out of the way kind of violently because he's trying to get the little juicy little crumbles at the bottom. Um, the like little, little pieces of the tastier hay that have gone to the very bottom. And, and to get to them, you got to kind of push the other stuff out. Now, Granted, you have to understand, we buy really high quality hay. It's been tested. I know the sugar content. I know the protein level. I know what the mix is. I mean, this is not crappy hay. This is really good hay. And it's green and it's beautiful. And yet here's my horse pushing it all away to get to the little tasty morsels. Um, but you know what? I am okay with that because I guess <laughs> because he uh, he's happy enough living here, even though he hasn't been here that long, that he was, you know, trying to figure out how to get back into the pasture after he had gotten out. And we still don't know quite how we had, he had gotten out. Um, as soon as my husband's done with his, his practice test and I've had enough um, food to eat, uh, you know, we're going to go back out there and take a look um, and, and see what's going on, what happened. But this whole adventure this morning was really an opportunity to... Um, have an adventure <laughs> as always. Um, and also, you know, I don't know, it gave me the gift of like connecting with him, like holding him while he's eating his meal and holding him while he's eating his hay. And, um, I haven't done that, uh, just since he's been here. So it was really cool to do that. And, um, the whole thing reminded me of this winter, we had uh, we had a, another situation happen where um, oh it was like we were having a cold spell where I think we hadn't left the house in a few days because we had um, a cold spell and we had so we had a lot of ice so there was like snow and ice and um, we had put a lot of sand down. And this is when we had our other second horse. And I woke up in the morning and my husband said, um, he said, I guess we had, I can't remember what it was. I think he said, I think we had elk. I think we had elk come through our property last night. He's like, there's these big piles of poop all over. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Cause we have elk nearby. I haven't seen any on our property. Um, but one time, uh, the horses did act really spooked, not spooked in the way, like with a bear or a mountain lion, but kind of 
on higher alert than just with the white-tailed deer. So I thought maybe some elk that time had passed through our property because literally there's a huge herd of elk, wild elk that live, you know, like three minutes from here um, or they traverse through different pasture land. Um, So I thought, okay, maybe, maybe we did have some elk. Um, And, and so my husband says that and then I think what it was I can't quite remember but I think it was like oh my god the gate is open the gate is open we realize our horse pasture gate is open or maybe he saw that it was open I don't know I didn't have any caffeine at the time so it's all a bit of a blur but somehow one of us or both of us realized the gate was open for the horse pasture into um Nilo's section which um Snorty McSnort uh the big thoroughbred the big guy um uh, my first guy and um but the horses are in the pasture so we're like okay the and there there were really strong winds it was really cold and we had really strong winds and a lot of ice so we're like okay well I guess um we looked we went out and we kind of like, I think it was later, I looked and I saw that like the, it's like the clip on the, the wind must have been so strong that the clip, we had this like, the one clip had fallen off in the snow uh, and we couldn't find it. So we used this other temporary clip and um, it, it somehow like, opened up I don't know and kind of broke a lot because I think with the cold temperatures some of the things were getting frozen some of the um hook like the little clips um forget what you call them like the double end snaps were getting kind of frozen shut and and then kind of jamming up with the cold um and with the ice and so we just thought that the gate kind of like opened up um just then and and then as I I go out and I walk around I walk around to see these you know what my husband said were elk poops and I realize the moment I see them I'm like that's not elk poop that's horse poop (laughs) and I realize like my husband you know as much as he's helped do a lot of stuff um I think he hadn't, I don't know, maybe this was like before we started using the tractor to shovel the manure and I was the one that was kind of shoveling everything. So he hadn't really seen what a fresh pile of horse poop looks like when it's not all kind of like mixed into the grass or, you know, kind of mixed into shavings Um, and it's just standing on a pile of snow. But it was, there were multiple spots all over our driveway where there was horse poop. And I was like, oh, the horses, they, they weren't just in the pasture. They had been out. They were the ones that had gotten out. There were, there was no elk with, cause I hadn't had my horses out of the pasture, um, since before the snow because it had been so icy and so cold and that was their kind of permanent pasture so there was no way there was any other any manure from before um so the only way that could happen was they had the they had been the ones that had gotten out um and so it was our other second horse uh whose name was Lux and Nilo aka Dragon breath or snorting snort depending on the day and um they must have gone out and wandered all through our driveway they wandered over to um this one area where we had some hay and they helped themselves to some hay because I saw a bunch of horse manure piles there um they went to the front of our house and walked around um which if I had been in the kitchen or the living room, I would have seen them. But this all happened 
it must have been like sometime between 3 a.m. and 7 a.m., I'm guessing, or 3 a.m. and 6.30 a.m., something like that, sometime while it was still dark. Um, and, and then it was kind of icy, so you could see that they turned, or one of them turned back around. Um, but I could see all these tracks of where they had been. It's like I was able to see all of their mischievous adventures as the gate was just open and they're like well we'll just go for a little walk on the property luckily they they I could see that their tracks their hoof prints they went down the driveway but the driveway got really icy about halfway down and um and so they turned around and they came back and so thank goodness, um, because otherwise they'd have been heading out towards the road. And like I said, we've got a lot of property between us and the road, so it would have been a lot of walking before they got there. Um, But still, you know, we weren't even aware of any of this happening, and and we were sleeping, and who knows what hour it happened. I mean, maybe it happened at one in the morning, and we didn't discover it until seven or eight. I don't know. Um, But they ended up you know, as I discovered from these tracks, they ended up having a little adventure on our property and pooping everywhere, which let me know where they went and watching their, you know, I was able to see their tracks and see exactly where they went. And then they walked themselves back in to their pasture. And that's where they were when my husband woke up in the morning. And when I came out, it was like, they had never left and so we had no idea any of this had happened until we saw the horse poop and we were like oh my gosh this is so crazy and um so we made sure I now have a habit of making sure that every gate has two uh kind of um snaps on it you know two uh clips on it that way if anything ever happens and one comes off to the wind or or whatever um or a horse that, you know, has learned how to open things, because um, Snorty makes snort, in addition to his other skills, he's also very um, mouth-oriented, he has quite, um, quite, quite advanced mouth skills, like he loves to grab the little elastic, stretchy things on my gloves, because um, I use snowboarding gloves in the winter, and uh, there's like this little thing that you can pull to tighten it so that the snow doesn't get in. And he loves, loves, loves to just pull that tight with his mouth. So he's kind of got the skills of a horse that could open a gate if he needed to. He's never done that. But when when I was a junior, my horse, um, the very last horse that I rode before I quit for college was a horse that my trainer owned. And he would he would break out of his stall all the time um, because he also was very much like my guy now, only he was even more advanced because he knew how to open all kinds of stall doors, no matter how many you you put on um, and tried. So he was a real escape artist. So we've since learned to, I've since decided that every gate should have two snaps on it. Um, so, you know, we had that situation happen this winter, which was just so crazy. And it's so funny because after the snow started to melt, um, about a month ago, I noticed the snow was really melting in certain sections, like under where the pines were, um, the big conifer trees are. And I walked the one day out into the woods. Um, there was still a lot of snow in the pastures, but um, next to the conifer trees, there were spots where you could kind of see patches of dirt. And I discovered um, a pile of horse manure uh, for a horse that I've never taken a horse down this way, but they had, our two escaped artist horses had gone pretty far back in the back part of our property into the woods. And I hadn't even known it from my detective, um, my detective methods that one day I didn't discover it until, you know, kind of like a month or so later when I saw this horse poop and I put two and two together and realized that their adventures had led them into the woods as well. So that was kind of interesting. 
but you know, all of this reminds me of, you know, we've, we've, I don't know what it is, but we have this habit of, um, having animals that, uh, that escape and then put themselves back in because our two former dogs, we had a full border collie and a half border collie, half Australian Kelpie and the half border collie, half Australian Kelpie. He was just so sweet and so earnest, such a sweet dog and such an athlete. And the full border collie was, um, very, very smart, very smart and very kind of mischievous. His name was Quincy, very mischievous. And, um, we had discovered we were living in California at the time in Marin County, across the Golden Gate Bridge from San Francisco. And um, we discovered one time coming home that the what it was it it was like, we came home and we had a backyard. And Quincy was in the backyard and Connor was just outside the fence and came running up to us like, you're home, you're home, you're home. And I could see the look on Quincy's face that Connor, the half, the half, um, border collie had like spilled the beans with his earnestness and his sweetness to see us because Quincy had been kind of Quincy, the full border collie had kind of been the brains of the operation. And it turned out that Quincy had found a way to get out of their fence and had been taking him and the half border collie out on great adventures, um, through the neighborhood uh, unbeknownst to us, and then would put himself and the other dog back into the fence before we got home. So we had no idea any of this was ever happening until the one day when the more earnest half border collie came, saw us pulling up and came running up to us like, yay, you're home. We, you know, was very excited and very sweet. And um, we realized because we also talked to some neighbors lately that our very smart full border collie had literally been gallivanting around the neighborhood um, and putting himself back into the fenced dog yard without us knowing. So it's funny because it occurred to me today as, as, you know, as I got Raven, um, the new horse back in, you know, how he wasn't, um, (laughs) you know, he could have just put himself back in and kind of acted like nothing happened. He could have just, you know, kept this as his little secret. Like he could get out and wander around and then he could come back in and I wouldn't have known if he put himself back in. I would have just thought he was at the far end of the pasture. Um, but he's not that horse. He was very excited to uh, to come back in. Actually, he couldn't find a way back in. Um, so I had to get him from the garden section because however he got out, we still don't know. And um, we've got to figure that out. But I think if it was Mr. Snorty McSnort, um, Nilo, he might, he might have, um, kept that in his back pocket. He's, he's just that kind of, um, kind of sneaky sometimes and, and really smart and Raven's smart too, but there's an earnestness to Raven. Uh, and Nilo, uh, is, um, he definitely keeps me on my toes uh, which, which leads me to, you know, how things, how things ended up before I came, came in here, um, to record this, which was, I decided to move, you know, both horses to the other pastures so that we can kind of figure out what, how the great escape happened. So, um, I let Raven finish his or eat his food. And then I walked him over to the other permanent pasture and I let him out. And then I went to get, um, Nilo and, um, Nilo acted of course, like he was a stud that has never, um, 
you know, been outside of his, his area before. I mean, it was like walking a, um, you know, his head was high. He's like snorting. He's like prancing at the end of his lead rope, you know, and I had to kind of do some serious, um, you know, some serious checks of him because, you know, it's apparently really exciting when your stable mate has gone for an escape and and then you haven't sniffed noses with your stable mate to find out what the story was and how it happened and what it was all like and make sure everything's okay. And of course, said stable mate is also um, your charge because Nilo has decided he's the dominant one. So he, of course, you know, wants to make sure um, everything is okay. So, you know, it was, uh, he was a bit of a handful to walk um, from the, from the one pasture or from the paddock where he was at down to where Raven was um, that I turned Raven out. And, uh, and so I had to kind of deal with 17 hands. And I swear, I I feel like he's grown. Um, I need to I need to measure him and see because he seems bigger than 17 hands now. <laughs> but um, I basically had like 17 hands of muscle that I was walking um, into the pasture. And the moment I took the halter off and the lead rope off of him, um, you know, he went just galloping down and running all through the pasture and racing all around because, of course, it was all still very exciting that his his buddy had had this grand adventure that he wasn't a part of. Um, and this is, you know, this was this was my morning. This was today's adventure in ranching. Now, <laughs> this was this was not planned. Um and yet today was just another day of our adventure in ranching. Um, so once I finish this episode and get myself some more food, hopefully my husband will be done with his test and we can plant our seed, spread our seed um, for the pasture to start having uh you know, covering up those bald spots, um, which is something I'd been planning to do today and maybe get on the horses and uh, go for a ride too. So we'll see how it goes. But this is what I wanted to share as yet another chapter in our adventure in ranching. So I'm going to sign off on that for today. Until the next episode. I'm so glad you joined me on the Adventures in Ranching podcast. To learn more about my other offerings, you can visit my website at michellewaldo.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-A-L-D-O.com.